All right, I'm going to uh, look at just a few passages, a few, not passages, a few verses from Nehemiah chapter 1 uh, tonight. I actually uh, recently heard a, a uh, message out of the book of Nehemiah, and I said, well, you know, that would be good to share Wednesday night. And uh, I'm not going to share the entire message, but mainly just, really just one main point um, that I'd like to share before we dismiss tonight. It shouldn't take maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then we'll pray. Um, but start by giving you a little information about Nehemiah, and many of you, maybe all of you know, are familiar with the book of Nehemiah, and we're really only going to read the first four verses here in a few minutes. Uh, because there really was no perfect stopping point um, in the passage. You really need to read the entire book to get the whole story, which would be true, I guess, with any book. But um, we're going to read the first four verses. But Nehemiah, if you don't know, was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, cupbearer, I think you all know what the position of cupbearer entails, and that is... Um, he tasted the wine or drink before the, the king did. It was a position where we look at and say, well, you know, that's not anything I really would want to do. That doesn't sound like a position uh, that I would uh, seek after, but truly it was an honorable position. It was a position of honor, and it was uh, a position where it was somebody the king knew he could trust. Uh, and like I say, it was just, it was an honorable position. So we look at at Nehemiah and his position in the kingdom of King Artaxerxes. And as you read through the first few verses, uh, there's several directions we could take. Um, and we could talk figuratively, uh, of course. And, and if you're familiar with the story, you know that the walls, he gets word that the walls of Jerusalem have, have come down and the gates have been burned. And if we wanted to take that direction figuratively, we could look at many people I know uh, feel as though our nation, if we want to look nationally, so to speak, our, our walls have come down. And, and we understand that walls represent protection. They represent security uh, to keep unwanted enemies out. And when walls are down, uh, it means anyone who wants to come in can come in. And I know nationally we, we probably feel like... Uh, we're not the nation we used to be. We don't stand on the principles we used to stand on. And so to speak, our, our, our walls may have come down in, in some areas. And we can look at that as individuals and, and say, you know, we understand the importance of, of not letting our guard down, of, of stay, keeping our mind and our heart protected and hiding God's word within our heart as it instructs us to do so that we are not open to the attacks of the enemy. So we could take that direction. That's not the direction I want to take, but uh, another direction you could take in the book of Nehemiah is it is an excellent book to teach about leadership. Nehemiah was an excellent leader. And you read through the book and you see he, he had the qualities and characteristics of a leader. Uh, courageous, humble. Um, he was just he was a leader in every sense of the, of the word. So it would be a great book to take and look at how we should lead uh, by looking at the example of Nehemiah. But that's not what I want to go or not the direction I want to go tonight either. I really want to make one simple point. And, uh, and that point is I want to look at how Nehemiah responded when he heard the news. And that's the, that's the main idea I want us to take. He was a great leader. And if you read the entire book, you see he, he had those qualities of leadership. He was uh, courageous. He was humble. He was a great organizer. Uh, he was just a tremendous leader. But, of course, he, he was a leader under God's power. And we'll see that in just a minute. That, that was the very first thing that he did was he prayed. Matter of fact, I believe in the 13 chapters, I read this uh, earlier. I, actually, Mr. Donald Coker gave me a devotional book some years back. And I don't know if this year was the first year I had been through that book or if I've been through it and never, I don't remember it. Um, but one of the sections was on Nehemiah. It was a, a coach's devotional book that he gave me, I think when I first started teaching and coaching. But I actually went through that this year, and, and one of them was on Nehemiah. And I think I read that 
out of the 13 chapters, it's recorded 11 times that Nehemiah prayed. So it shows you that he understood that prayer was powerful, and he understood where he needed to go for his help, for his guidance, and for his strength. But again, the main point I want to make, and it'll take just a few minutes, is let's look at how Nehemiah responded when he got the news of what was going on in Jerusalem. We're going to read verses 1 through 4, starting at verse 1, and I'm in the, uh, maybe a different translation than you are, but it should be fairly close. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month, Chislev, I believe it is, in the 20th year, while I was in Susa, the capital, the Hanani, one of my brothers, and some men from Judah came, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and had survived the captivity and about Jerusalem. And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. Now it came about, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept, and mourned for days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And we'll stop right there. Like I say, there's really no great stopping point in the passage uh, unless we want to read the entire thing. And I won't read the entire thing. I'll just kind of give you a quick overview. But what we see here, if you continue to read, is you see Nehemiah's response, first of all, was to pray. He was greatly... Uh, hurt by the news he had gotten that the people were in distress and that the walls had been torn down and the gates were burned and it, it burdened him greatly to hear this news because this is where he was from. Now he was living in, in, with, uh, in the kingdom with uh, King Artaxerxes but this was his homeland. This is where he was from. So it burdened him greatly to hear what they were facing and what they were going through. His first response was that of prayer. And if you read through, the first thing he does is he recognizes God as uh, God Almighty and recognizes his power and admits that. And the second thing he does is he confesses his sins and the sins of his people. He confesses his sins and the sins of his people. And then he goes on to, to acknowledge that God's judgment is right. It is well-deserved. And then he goes on to ask uh, for God's forgiveness and God's help in his, in his plan to somehow show favor upon him that he might do something to help in the situation. And that's what I want us to look at. Let's think about Nehemiah for a second. In the position he had, like I said before, and the news he had heard, he had several options. One option is that he could hear it and do nothing about it. If you think about it, he's really in a position of comfort. He's in a secure position. Uh, he, he's, again, the cupbearer to the king. He could either do that or he could leave his place of comfort and leave his security and go to the people he was burdened for and he could help in some way. And I think about us and I think about me and, 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 and Allison and all of us. There's so many things, there's so much evil throughout the world, so much. And I, I think back a few years ago, Allison, I don't know exactly where she saw it. I, I don't know if it was an email or what it was, but she, she got involved, both of us did really, uh, in the sex trafficking deal. And somehow it came about to her attention and it just burdened her. Uh, it felt like we should do something about it. And... Uh, you know, y'all remember that. We promoted a movie that was um, based upon that, and it was based out of India. And um, that's just one of many evils that we know go on. Uh, sex trafficking, children are abused in, in, in all sorts of ways. We could go on and on. I, I won't list all the, the, the evils of the world that we know. But we, hear, we read just a thing the other night. She showed me something the other night. I won't share it completely. Um, but you read it and you think, how? How could somebody do something of that nature? I mean, really, how could somebody do something so wicked and so evil that would bring such hurt and affect somebody in such a way? 
it's just, it's, it's really unbelievable some of the things you read and hear about. And you wonder, what can you do? Well, I'll tell you what the easiest thing to do is. The easiest thing to do is to go about your day, every day, and pretend as though nothing is going on. Pretend as though the world is perfect. Pretend as though everybody's life is just like yours. You can go to your house, you can shut your blinds, you can go inside and shut off the world around you and pretend as though there are no problems. And that's an option. But it doesn't change the fact that there are things that are going on, there are people that are hurting that maybe we could do something about. What? I don't know. I don't know what all the answers are. I do know the first step here, uh, I believe, is, is exactly what Nehemiah did, and that is when you hear of, of things, you simply pray. And when I say simply pray, not as though it's a, a small thing, it's a great thing. I, I really felt like, I don't know if, if how many of you went to the fifth Sunday night service at Horse Branch, but I thought the pastor there gave a really strong message on prayer and the power of prayer, and it really does change things. I think sometimes... Well, I know sometimes. I don't understand the sovereignty of God fully. I believe in it. But I don't understand it to the point where I say, you know, God wants us to pray, but God's in control. So, I mean, what he wants to happen is going to happen anyway. So should we pray? I mean, and if you think about it that way, I, I don't think that's the case. I do believe that prayer changes things. And I believe that God, through our prayers, God responds. He responds through our prayer. He responds through our faith. And yes, he is in complete control. And yes, he is sovereign. And I can't explain it all. But I don't believe God would, would instruct us to pray if there weren't some power in prayer. So first and foremost, I believe that's our responsibility, to pray. Not, and I know I've, been, I've said this before. The least I can do is pray for you. And probably that's, maybe that's the greatest thing I can do for you, pray for you. Because prayer opens doors and opportunities for me to do something. So prayer, I believe, is the greatest thing we could do because from that prayer will open up the opportunity to do something else that God may lead me to do, just as it did in Nehemiah. He prayed that, that God would give him favor in the sight of the king as he went and requested to go help. So there's option one, and that is to, to close off and shut off everything you know outside the world and just pretend as though life is, for everybody, it's just, like, it's just like you are. For example, I grew up in a great family. I had great parents. I had great siblings. I was not abused in any way. In any way was I abused. So is it, as a, as a teacher, would it be responsible for me to assume that every child has the same background as I do, and I just shut myself off to that, and I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear any problems, because if I hear any problems, then I might feel like I have to do something. If I don't do something, then I feel guilty. I don't want to feel guilty, so I just assume not no. And I think that's the attitude we have a lot of times, is, you know, I, I'm just going to pretend as though everybody's good to go. There are no problems. There are no difficulties. These children aren't facing any, any problems. There's nothing I can do to help. And I don't want to really hear about it because if I hear about it, then that's going to put me in a spot where now I'm responsible to do something. And if I don't do something, I'm going to feel guilty and I don't want to feel guilty. So I just assume you not tell me what's going on. And I'm going to shut everything off. That's one option. And Nehemiah could have very well done that. Even though he heard what the report was, he could have said, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear it, but I, I'm comfortable where I am. I have a, a place of safety here. I enjoy my life. Uh, I don't really want to sacrifice what I have here to go deal with that mess over there. And that could have been his response, but it was not the response of Nehemiah. If you read through the book, Nehemiah left his position of safety or, or I would say, uh, position of comfort in the kingdom. And he went to the trouble because he was greatly burdened for his people. He was greatly burdened for his people. And we wonder, 
you know, in a situation like that, it may seem impossible to get anything accomplished. But you read through it, and I believe the wall was actually rebuilt in 52 days. The wall and everything was restored and rebuilt in 52 days. And like I say, because Nehemiah, by God's provision, was a great leader and a great organizer. And he got the people working together. And it shows what power there is in unity, that, that great things can be done when humans come together and work together. But that's the simple, I told you it's not going to be long. That's, that's the simple main point I want us to take. And that is, look at, look at the response Nehemiah had when he got the report. And then ask yourself, how do you respond when you hear these things? And we can name off all sorts of things. I, I'll go back to the one, just one example of many, uh, because it relates back to me. If I know there's a child who's in a, an abusive situation, I can either close my eyes off to it, pretend as though it isn't real, or I can even recognize it as real and, and say, I just don't, I don't want to get involved in something like that. And really, what could I do anyway? Yeah, I think that's the attitude a lot of times. What could, I, what could I even do? The problem is so great, what could I even do? How could I put an end to that problem? And that reminds me of the story. I, I think I shared this story the last time I spoke, but I, I love the, the old illustration of, and I'm going to say it again, I'm going to tell it again anyway, of the, the two men on the beach, y'all have heard it, and, and on, on opposite ends they could barely see one another as they were walking toward each other, and this man saw, this one could every now and then bend down and, and seem to throw something in the ocean, and eventually they met, and he said, Neil, what are you, I saw you from a distance. What are you doing? He said, well, I'm, you see these starfish, it's low tide. And at high tide, these starfish got washed up here. Now that the water's gone down, they're here. And if they don't get thrown back in the water, they're going to die. And the man said, you, this beach runs for miles. And there's thousands of starfish out here. What difference is it going to make? And that man bent down, he picked up one starfish, and he said, to this one, it does make a difference. And he threw him back in the water. And it's a simple illustration of exactly the answer to our problem, and that is, what do we do? Well, I can't solve all the problems, and you can't solve all the problems. But we do what we can do through the power of God. I don't know what doors he might open for us. I don't know what he will allow us to do. We give him all the credit for what he's done, but we do something. We can't sit back and pretend as though the world is perfect. We can't pretend as though everybody's life is just like mine. And not that my life is perfect, but I, I told somebody the other day, I really have not, and I, I, I thank God for this, I really have not faced what I would consider a major trial in my life. I haven't. I have not. Now, I, there may come some. There may come some. I, I believe most people, if not all people, do face uh, trials, some what we would call major trials. I have not. I don't take credit for that. I thank God for that. I, I've had what you would call a good life. And I, I can't, so I can't stand up here and say, man, I've been through a lot. I haven't. And I'm not going to act like I've been through a lot. But if I pretend as though everybody else is like me, I'm fooling myself, and I'm purposely fooling myself because I don't really want to know what's going on because then, like I say, it's going to give me a burden to do something. And if I have a burden, I have a responsibility to do something. <laughs> and many of us, including myself, I don't like that burden. I don't like that feeling of guilt when I don't do something I know I should act on. And that's the, that's the thought I want us to take away tonight is this. And I want you to share anything you have uh, to add or anything that's on your mind or your heart. But I want us to look at the response of Nehemiah. Nehemiah left his, his position of comfort, an honorable position, because he was burdened for his people. And he went, he prayed first, and asked that God would, would, would give him favor in the sight of the king. And he prayed that, that God would help him to accomplish, accomplish the goal of going and restoring the wall 
and, and not only that, but if you read on, restoring the relationship between God's people and God. And this is one man. And I'm sure there may have come a time where he said, you know, what, really what can I do individually? And the truth is you can't solve everything individually. But how do you respond when you find out or when you know about things that are going on right around you? And by the way, I think it would really surprise us to know you hear a lot of these things in the news. I, I believe it would surprise us to know how much goes on around us and how much uh, that we don't know that goes on right around us. Uh, we were, Allison told me the other night that she read that a, a uh, and of course this story has come out to, we doesn't have all the details yet, but that a girl was at Myrtle Beach and was abducted. Y'all probably heard that. But then they, she was found, and, and apparently there's no foul play at this point that they know of, but um, that isn't a one-time event. That, that kind of stuff happens. That kind of stuff happens, and, and, and people may abduct uh, children for, for whatever reason. I don't know, but it isn't a good reason. And you say, well, what can you do about stuff like that? How can you help? I, first and foremost is, is to pray. Pray for both sides. The victim and the one that's, that's guilty of the crime. And pray for them and pray that God give you an opportunity to do something and show you what you can do. It may be giving money to an organization. I don't know. Maybe, maybe an organization that, that works in a certain ministry that you say, I, I want to plug into that. I want to be a part of that ministry and I want to plug into that. It may be that you actively get involved in a ministry. I don't know. But there are many opportunities we have to help those that are around us that are hurting. And I just want to challenge you and me. And I, I remember what Mr. Billy uh, said a few Sundays ago. And he was exactly right. Because this is why I'm saying this tonight. Because when I heard it the other day, it's, it's me. And that is, we a lot of times say, we speak about what we're convicted about. We speak about what we're struggling with. And this is one thing I'm struggling with. Um, and I'll be honest, I hope this doesn't embarrass Allison. I'm not going to try to embarrass Allison. But there are many nights, well, I won't say many nights, there's some nights. She will come, and I, I might be watching TV or whatever it might be. And she said, let me tell you about, let me tell you about what I just read. And, and I honestly, sometimes, I don't ever say it. I hope this doesn't hurt your feet. Sometimes I want to say, please don't tell me. I'm tired of hearing about that. I don't want to hear anymore about it. Not toward her, but because of what she's telling me. And she, like I said, she keeps up with through through different organizations. She keeps up with um, the slavery, the human trafficking, and uh, some different organizations that give reports. And there are times where I just say, you know what? I, I really don't want to hear that because it it depresses me. And, that, you know, what do we do about it? So I'm speaking to myself here. So I have an option also to continue having that attitude and saying, you know, I just, I hate that that's happening. But it really doesn't affect me. And, and the truth is, it, it, it may not seem to affect us, but we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. All of us. We have a responsibility. And if I shun that responsibility and pretend as though it really is not my responsibility, and like I say, can I solve the world's problems? No. But should I get involved? Yes. Uh, first and foremost, exactly like Nehemiah did, through prayer. Through prayer. And that's not the least thing we can do. I believe that's the greatest thing we can do. And part of that prayer should be that lead me, guide me, direct me on what I can do. What more can I do? Those are the thoughts tonight. I told you it was a simple thought. It wouldn't take long. Uh, and like I say, it, read through the book of Nehemiah. You could preach many. And this, this is uh, not preaching. But you could talk or preach or discuss many uh, topics through the book of Nehemiah. One, I think, like I said before, I'm repeating myself, but one is that of leadership. He demonstrates great leadership. But that's the main point I want to take. How do we respond when we hear 
of that type of news? Do we respond as Nehemiah did, or do we close it off and pretend as though it has nothing to do with me, it doesn't affect me, so I'll just kind of live my life and shut everything else out? So that's the challenge. That's the, that's the message. Um, are there any thoughts from anybody that you would like to share along these lines or along any, any other lines? Any, anything else that you would like to share? those same lines that's, that's, um, that's the same thing I was saying I, I, I really I really am afraid um, I think back over the, the I've taught for nine years and it makes me wonder and this is not related to uh, the trafficking but if um, abuse of any kind 
it makes me wonder how much I've missed of, of anybody that, that came through. That if, if, you know, you hope you haven't missed anything. But it, it does make you wonder, you know, when you hear more and more, and, and sometimes you hear things of, of, of right around here, you wonder and, and hope and pray that you didn't miss anything and overlook anything when you could have stepped in and helped in some way. Oh, yeah. That's right. But it's, it is uh, it's nothing that we can solve like that, but it's, it's something you can get involved in and do something about. And I believe that's what, I believe God desires that of us. I believe he wants us to get involved and, and do what, you know, what he wants us to do. this ties in exactly or not but this is and Allison was talking reminded we were talking the other night and really and since we're talking about you know we got off on uh, children there really are there are children that if they went missing probably not many if any would would notice um, and I think about I, I was thinking about one of our children like if Benjamin went missing aside from me and Allison I mean it would be noticed I mean, it, it wouldn't go unnoticed, but there are some, and, and like I say, these these are a lot of times the one that I get 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 preyed upon, uh, that that would almost go unnoticed. And, and like I say, you know, if if you you might be the only one that calls and checks on them that week, you know, there may be uh, no no involvement in, in in the lives of any adult or parent or whatever it might be, but. That was just something that, that we mentioned the other night that I thought about. It is so. It is true. It is true.
I've um, I've heard that discussed, and I think I do think that would be a. I hope I hope that's something we do in the near future. I really do. I do. Any other thoughts before we pray? Okay. Well, I'll repeat myself for the last. I don't know how many times, but I'll repeat myself again. That the final thought is just: Are we willing to leave our place of comfort and to sacrifice? to get involved that's the question are we willing to leave our place of comfort and to sacrifice just as Nehemiah did to get involved so hopefully hopefully the answer is yes for all of us it's one thing to say it it's another to do it and again this was to me I was speaking to myself tonight I was glad y'all were here to listen to me talk to myself and uh, hopefully hopefully it impacted all of us let's um, let's take some some time to write down some prayer concerns and we'll uh we might just pray together tonight. Okay? How about, I talked with Mr. Skippy. If anybody knows more than, than I do, uh, I, had, I had gone by to see Mr. Jim uh, the Friday before his surgery. Is that right? And uh, he, was, he was very weak and, and uh, he was talking, but he, he didn't seem to be doing very well. Mr. Skippy said the same thing. But from what I had heard, he came through his surgery pretty well. And he's doing somewhat better. Is that correct? The health sound. Uh, they said the room um, Monday night at the meeting. I can't remember what room it was. I don't have it written. I wrote it down somewhere. But anyway, that's a that is a a praise uh, that Mr. Jim has come through the surgery and he's doing better, and uh, and also a prayer request so that we continue to remember Mr. Jim and Miss Felicia. Any other prayer requests? How many? 1161? Yeah, they were. Yes, they were.
Is Robert Griggs, is that that family? Johnson, okay. Let's be in prayer too for, um, which I'm sure I'm sure we are already. But those who are in July who, who have been uh, elected to different to positions, um, those responsibilities they have in every, any of them, whatever they might be, just pray for them as they move into that position. Some some are still in the position they had before, but some are rolling on as in, in new positions. Um, so let's just let's pray for them and their in their role. Any others? Any others? Seth and Miss Hazel and who else? Zelma. Any others? Okay, unspoken. I assume you all have unspoken. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is, um, I know we, we've, most of us have mentioned different prayer requests, and what we'll do, if it's all right with everybody, is um, we'll just start with a, uh, a minute or so of silent prayer and and anybody that f- wants to pray, we'll, we can pray. Uh, you feel led to pray, you pray. And uh, like I said, those who have mentioned people, you be praying for those people. And those who have written them down, be praying for them. But we'll just take a few minutes and, and we'll pray. And I will close. If I don't hear a uh, response from anybody, I will, I will close. But we'll just start now with, with prayer. And if you feel led, you, you pray.
request that was mentioned tonight, and um, we know that you can do all things, you know all things, and we have confidence and, and peace in knowing that we can bring these requests before you and that you will hear them and answer them according to your will. So we, we do this, Lord, knowing uh, that you will answer, answer these prayers, and we just ask, first of all, that, that whatever they might be facing, these that were mentioned, that, that you would use those situations and circumstances to strengthen their faith and to draw them closer to you, Lord, because your word tells us that, that we should consider it a joy when we face trials and of any kind, uh, knowing that it, it brings about our, our perfection. And just ask, Lord, that you would strengthen them and encourage them and uh, strengthen their faith, Lord, so that they might be drawn closer to you. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the report that we've gotten from Mr. Jim and that he's come through his surgery well and that you've helped the doctors, Lord, in, in their job and performing the surgery and uh, that you've strengthened him and we just pray that you would continue to be with him and Miss Felicia and uh, continue, Lord, in, in that recovery to strengthen him so that through all of it, you might be magnified and your name might be magnified and you'd be honored and glorified through it. Lord, we do pray for those who have gone to the wilds and uh, from our church and from other churches and just ask for, uh, for the leadership there, Lord, that you would be with them and, and help them throughout this week to to lead those youth and, and to speak truth into their lives and to, to uh, just use them, Lord, to be uh, what you have called them to be and that you would use your word to speak to the hearts of, of all those who are there. They might be drawn closer to you, Lord. And if there be any that don't know you as their Savior and Lord, I pray that you would bring them to the point of repentance, that they would confess of their sins and by faith accept Jesus Christ into their heart as their Savior. Lord, we do continue to pray for this church. We thank you for how you've blessed us over the years. We thank you uh, for all you've done for us and continue to do for us. And uh, we, we do ask, Lord, for your guidance as we continue to move forward. We just pray that you would help us to, in all that we do, that we would seek to do what is right and pleasing in your sight, that it would not be about our, ourselves, it would not be for selfish reasons, it would not be motivated out of comfort, but that we would do what we feel is right and pleasing in your sight according to your word. So, Lord, lead us and guide us by the power of your spirit. Use us as witnesses and examples outside of this church, in our, in our workplaces, in our homes, wherever we might be, Lord, use us. Use us for your honor, for your glory. Again, we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together, and I pray for all of us here tonight that we would look at the example that was set by your servant Nehemiah, when he was burdened greatly in that situation, he put aside his place of comfort and he got involved in a situation to help. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us that, that when we are burdened, that you would give us the strength and the courage to step outside of our comfort zone and to do what we know is right and pleasing in your sight and that you would use us, Lord, but mainly to bring you honor and glory. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.